three, two, one, go. Hey, it's Bibson the Ginger Podcast bringing you another in our series of interviewers with podcasts slash YouTubers slash anyone else that wants to come and talk. That's kind of what we're at now. Um, it's really been fun to hear some of these uh, people's stories from, you know, a couple weeks ago we had people that had broken world. We had Denise who broke world records on a bicycle to, you know, guys that have built YouTube channels. In the scheme of YouTube channels, we have Brand and Gove. I think I said it right, Brad, right? Or I screwed up? Sounds right to me. All right. That sounds good to me. Um, Brad has a YouTube channel, and I should have it, like the actual YouTube handle on the top of my head, and for some reason I don't. Um, is it, it, it's, it's just your name, right? It is just my name. Oh, yep. I'm not that creative. <laughs> I thought that. Um, and his uh, your kind of thing is refinishing guitars. And I mean, you're now getting into kits work, which we'll get into, but kind of give everybody kind of a who you are, what got you, you know, into the YouTube thing. Certainly. Uh, so as Kyle said, I'm Brad Angove. What I do on YouTube is predominantly painting uh, with a focus on guitars. And, and as you mentioned, I've kind of moved into kit guitar builds and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But generally, whatever people want to see uh, in that realm and what what got me started on it is I've I've been involved in music for a long time and in uh, in painting through a job that I had for quite a few years. And I really like to customize stuff, and I know a lot of people do mm-hmm. uh, have have similar interests in that respect. So I figured, mm-hmm. why not combine the two? Did a bunch of research and realized at one point that, that it's a lot of information and it's kind of hard to come across. So why not try and put it all kind of in the same place in an easy to digest format where people can get a better handle on it quickly yeah yeah i think uh it is i mean i've i kind of stumbled upon your videos actually pretty recently i was doing a refinish of my own and i was kind of doing the atypical like oh i want to do something well let's go to the youtube machine and type in (laughs) what i'm looking to do and then start watching videos and i found some of your videos and i was like oh like you explain what you're doing so kind of what what was your first uh, like what got you into music I guess I mean you got the music and the painting side we'll start on the music side what got you into music Oddly enough I uh, I didn't start out with guitar I started playing piano and violin when I was about six years old so I played conservatory for both of those instruments for uh, for quite a while and then you know you you get into the teenage years and and I kind of decided yeah I'm not I'm not loving the violin so much the pianos. Fun. I, I eventually matured to the point where I decided violin was awesome and I wanted to pick it up again. But that being, you know, what it is, uh, at 18, I picked up guitar. Okay. And for, I don't know, for some reason, I'd, I'd always been interested in, and this is tangential a little bit, but in cars, uh-huh. mostly for the customization aspect. Mm-hmm. Turns out that's really expensive. Yes. So <laughs> a nice little little medium for me to combine a few interests was to to take that that love of customizing things and combine it with my newfound love at that point of guitars. And that's how I ended up starting to paint those because I'd been doing kind of custom finishing work at the shop that I was working at since I started at 14. So, okay. Yeah. So you had a background in – Car, so like car painting is what got you into guitar painting. Is there a lot of similarities? I mean, obviously, I mean you have videos where you're using like dupa color and stuff like spray paints, but is there a lot of similarities in guitar finish and car finish? There can be. That's oh. uh, <laughs> that's a complicated question. But to to put it briefly, mm-hmm. you know, when you're painting a, a a solid body electric guitar, you don't have to worry so much about resonance. So you can get into your automotive finishes, and they give you. You know, nice durability, very vibrant colors. They've got some amazing paints out there 
with the technology that they've got for automotive finishing because the budget is such that it's worth them developing that. Um, whereas you, you can't really use those on, say, an acoustic guitar because they essentially turn into this hard plastic layer that doesn't vibrate the way that you would expect. Mm-hmm. So it's going to sound really, really weird, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so for those, you have to stick to specific types of finishes. But you've got a lot of freedom on a solid body electric, and, and an automotive finish is – is one way to get those really crazy, vibrant colors and, and uh, that durability that you would expect from the kind of paint that you use on a car. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I mean, that's what... But some of the... I'm sure some of the techniques, even like the sanding and some of the like polishing work and stuff that you've developed or you know you were doing on cars made it when you went, went to guitars, like, oh, hey, this is the same thing, but just a lot smaller. <laughs> oh, know? yeah, that stuff translates straight across mm-hmm. even for those... Uh, a lot of those guitar specific or wood specific finishes that mm-hmm. uh, that concept kind of manages to bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. So what got you? You know, so you were doing the car painting basically was your main job, and then you were kind of playing around with guitars on the side. Well, no, st- I, I uh, sorry, I might have misled you a little okay. bit there. I was doing some custom finishing work uh, in a kind of i'll call it almost random custom manufacturing context okay at my job before i was okay. interested in car painting so I, okay. I took a couple of classes and and tried to learn how that worked but okay. that i wasn't working at a body shop at the time i've only done that very very briefly okay okay so i had some more experience with like paint cans and and smaller finishing projects and working with interesting materials uh woods plastics metals all sorts of stuff because we had such a variety of of kind of unusual products at this custom manufacturing shop. Okay, okay. Which I'm sure that probably helped more than just if it was just straight cars and going to the guitar side because, again, there's all sorts of different finishes you can do and all sorts of different materials that you're working with in guitars, you know, when, yeah. it, when it comes down yeah. to it. So how did that kind of turn into YouTube? Uh, like uh, how did you decide to get, you know, take what you were doing there onto YouTube? Well, eventually, I I got to the point where I I painted a few of these uh, a few guitars among other things. And if you were to look at some of my earlier YouTube work, it wasn't so focused on guitar. Mm-hmm. That was uh, a strong interest of mine, so I I kind of aimed in that direction to some extent. But a mm-hmm. lot of it's more general. So I took this experience that I had in finishing, and then all of the research that I'd done uh, on the various types of finishes for guitars and other things, and. As I mentioned, I kind of thought it would be nice to put that all into kind of a more concise, easy to, to digest, and easy to find format where it's all kind of in the same place. Okay. And additionally, with all these classes I'd done and stuff, you know, it it takes a while to learn this this type of thing. So I, I hoped that I would be able to help people learn it. Mm-hmm. And worst case, if uh, if they didn't learn it, I was offering custom paint jobs through my little company on the side. So okay. if somebody needed some help, that happened a few times. I was able to get some commission work from it. Never the goal, but you know, sometimes you just can't do this stuff on your own and you need somebody who's got the experience. So. Oh yeah. 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 So that's, um, is that kind of still what you're doing now with like what you're like, I mean, obviously YouTube's not like your day job at this point. No, not at all. <laughs> I know, I've talked to, I've had a few that are like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I've had a few that are like, oh no, there's not even like, and it's, that's game. So you're, but your is your day job still related in the finishing business? I'm sure, I'm guessing your videos, like if you go and watch and there'll be a link in the description to uh, Brad's videos, it doesn't look like you're at like your house <laughs> in the videos. I'll say that. I'm not sure if it's at your work or if it's, 
No, my uh, I work in an office context uh, in in during the day job, so to speak. Okay. Uh, and then I have access to a shop on the weekends where it's actually the the same shop that I worked at for about 14 years while I was completing high school and and all of my post secondary education. So I um, I go there on the weekends. I work with them sometimes when when the shop needs something. I, I'm okay. going to refer to it collectively as the shop, I suppose. Uh, when they need something mm-hmm. kind of more custom done, because at at this point. I'm the only one affiliated with them who really does that kind of thing. But also that, that allows me the opportunity to make all of my videos there, um, run any kind of side projects and stuff I have out of there. So the majority of my videos are, are filmed at the, the shop, the warehouse. And then the occasional one is done either in my home office or uh, in a little, I won't call it a studio, but a little semi-workshop that I've yeah. got set up in the corner of my garage. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I, I was wondering because I was like, you know, as uh, I've been around a little bit of like manufacturing side, so like, I'm in the background, like, well, that's like a CNC machine. So I'm like trying to like by watching your video, trying to figure out like, okay, it's like a cabinetry shop because it looks like you're <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on in the background. So that well, that makes sense because I was I've always kind of wondered because there's never anybody else there, so I'm always like, okay, wherever it's at, it's at night <laughs> because it's not like you know, there's no other loud things going on but that's awesome that you have the opportunity to kind of you know continue to keep your foot in the door there helping them out and then gives you an, oh, a great place that you can film and not have to it's worry a nice about, little trade-off yeah yeah and, you know not have to worry about like oh we're spraying this clear coat that's like straight nasty like <laughs> let's do this in our garage everybody <laughs> so well that stuff gets over everything yeah. too it's it's yeah it lingers <laughs> yeah. i uh the one refinishing job i've done and it was kind of like i said how i kind of discovered your channel I did. I mean, in it, the plan, I kind of did it in a sense of like knowing the style of finish I was going to do. Like if it didn't turn out that well, that was okay. Cause I was kind of going for a relic finish. I did a, I did kind of a, like an homage to the fender painted over series. Oh, so yeah. I took us, I took a, uh, this old PV print or PV. Yeah. It's a predator. No, the Raptor, excuse me. Like the like, import, like cheapo PV guitar that I've had forever. That was a sunburst scuffed it all up. And then I painted it Pelham blue, then sanded it down in all the right places. Quote unquote. So like the the sunburst is showing through like kind of in a few different places and then cleared over it, but again I was straight up doing it like in my backyard like hanging off of my porch, <laughs> so I like was going well shooting some lacquer in direct sunlight. Yes, <laughs> well it was kind of a cloudiest day, <laughs> but yeah it was <laughs> it was straight up like uh I have Mondays off and so it was like a Monday morning like I looked at the project like I think I could do this today like go to the store, buy some dupa color that like kind of looks like Pelham blue. Like, okay, that's what the internet says is close to Pelham blue. Like do, 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 do. <laughs> After the internet do- didn't tell you that acrylic lacquers don't relic, did they? Yeah. Well, I, I stained the crap of it away. So that way it went, it went fine. <laughs> and it, it turned Excellent. out, it turned out pretty. I mean, again, it was actually my, my uh, brother-in-law used to work at a body shop. So I was like texting him some questions like, Hey, what should I do about this? And when he didn't get back, I'm like, ah, I'll figure it out. And so I, I showed him later. I'm like, okay, so it's probably got orange peel everywhere. Like, I didn't polish it because it's not the look. It looks weird to have a relic guitar that has a polished finish in my book <laughs> because it's like, yeah. how is it polished and relic? But uh, it turned out pretty well. But, again, it was kind of thanks to you and kind of learning videos. Also, uh, if you are thinking about doing a refinish job, don't do what I did and start watching videos and then, like, get – like watch it to the end because sometimes what like one step is and you go with that idea, then you go back and watch and you're like, Oh, I should have not waited as long between coats of clear coat. My bad. 
Like for some reason, I thought it was a half hour, and then I watched another video. Like go every ten minutes. I'm like, oh, that was that's that's not right. I've been doing a half hour. Well, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, some of these finishes have a lot of leeway, and uh, and some really don't. So mm-hmm. I'm glad your project turned out well. <laughs> well, it's well now, and again, like I figured, if it chips and like you know the paint's thin, that's the look. I quote unquote. If I do it, if I'm doing a, yeah. I'm gonna try and do. I got some other ideas because I have a fleet of junk of uh, semi junk guitars. So now that I've done one, but I think on the next one I'm not going to try and do it in a day slash afternoon. <laughs> oh, be careful, man! It's an addictive thing. It is. I will now. I'm looking at the problem now is so you know I do that and I have the idea actually that it was your Nebula that last video series you did, and I have a black right, guitar ready. Yeah, I love that. And I'm like, dude, I got this black Epiphone Special that would be perfect for that. Because it was originally the one I was going to refinish because it is a straight-up plywood guitar. Like, it's a Samick. You pull the pickup covers out and you see layers. Like, it is... Yeah, deluxe. It is deluxe. So it's like, it's perfect for, you know, there's no tone wood in that. It's not like... (laughs) And even if you believed in it. But now I've started looking into the fabric finishes. I'm like, well, that one might be better for a fabric. Dang it. Like, this is a bad... This is a really bad place to go down. (laughs) Guess but, you need one of each, don't you? Yeah, that's probably what I'm gonna do. Well, I'm, and if yeah. I do the fabric, I'm gonna do the same thing where it's the uh, painted over because that way, if it looks like crap, I figure it's supposed to. You know, relic. I I have the. I'm totally okay with saying that I relic. I'll do relic finishes so it doesn't have to look perfect <laughs> because I might have the patience. So you were doing. I sorry, I went on a sidetrack there, everybody. Um, you're doing the YouTube thing, kind of doing. What was the video? And I've asked every YouTuber this, and we kind of talked beforehand about it. So what was the YouTube video that hit? Because you're sitting at, what, like 53,000 subscribers right now? So you're sitting at a pretty good number. Um, what was the video that, like, kind of, like, catapulted you? Was, was there a specific one for that? Uh, I, I would I would say there were there were kind of – it was a staged thing, two, two stages. The first okay. one being, frankly, a, a terrible video mm-hmm. uh, where I showed how to do, you know, a spray paint job on a guitar. Hey-oh. A paint can job. You know, trying to uh, to show people how to apply the techniques that you would see with a proper gun finish to spray can, so mm-hmm. that they're not sitting there painting in circles like they're doing graffiti or something. Ah. So that one kind of started the interest, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the the next level, the next step, I guess, also came way back in the day uh, from a, a very strange video. In fact, I won't call it a bad one, um, but an odd concept. It was uh, my video on how to do a ghost flame paint job with spray cans. Oh. So something I'd, I'd never seen before, mm-hmm. uh, and I was I was playing around with a couple techniques trying to get an, an intriguing finish, and I'd recently done a ghost flame paint job with with an airbrush and, you know, what, what you would expect, mm-hmm. at least to some extent. And I changed the way that that operated a little bit to use pearls instead of just candy paints, if you know how ghost flame finishes are done. So I, I came up with a different way of doing that, and I thought – Oh wow! I think maybe I can do this with spray cans. Mm-hmm. Um, the result being kind of what you would expect. Yeah. yeah, definitely not the same quality. Mm-hmm. Painting flames with spray cans in and of itself is a bit of a stretch. But uh, yeah, that that one garnered some attention. I think if you look up how to paint ghost flames on YouTube, that's uh, that one comes up pretty high on the list somehow. And you know, it's an intriguing concept being able to do that with a spray can, whether yeah. it turns out well or not. Yeah, and I think that's. I think that's what's kind of fun about it because I think, especially like with your channel, I think it kind of gives people the ability, especially with, I mean, obviously 
You're not out there being like, hey, you got that custom shop fender. Let's sand that baby down. Like, But there's a lot of inexpensive guitars out there, and there's actually a lot of really good ones, and we'll get into your kit stuff that you're doing. But, you know, you can get an inexpensive, decent guitar now for pretty cheap and then play around with it, you know. Or go on, like, for the, the, the really dangerous part now is once you've done one, now you look at, like, Facebook Marketplace with the thought of, like, well, man, that's kind of a, like, you know, I could do something with that. Maybe I could, like, repaint it. <laughs> and that's, like, that's the most dangerous now because I'm like, oh, I don't want to play that. What if I, re- I could repaint that body? That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Your trips to the pawn shop will never be the same. Oh, never. It is bad. There's this guy currently selling like legitimately boxes of guitar parts like it's like bodies and necks and pickups like the guy used to fix stuff and then he got out of it and i keep like looking at it like oh man look at all the endless projects and then i'm like look at all the endless projects don't do it there's no way (laughs) (laughs) it's a dangerous path like i said this is uh it's a time consuming thing to do and it's not my day job so yeah yeah so if you want to sleep yeah, take on a project or two, but don't go down the rabbit hole too far. <laughs> yeah, don't don't do projects and then be like, let's put this all on YouTube. Because not only now, as I'm sure you're now, you know, you now see, it's not just the time of doing the project. It's now I have to edit it, put the video out, make sure it's you know because there's all sorts of algorithms with YouTube where it's you know you have to put videos out consistently and you have to you know have all the right you know make sure it looks the right way so that way people will actually see it. Yeah, so I'm sure yeah. that also makes it fun because you're not you're not you're not repainting guitars when you're editing videos. So that's probably been fun in the sun, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fair bit of work. What I would say is, if you're planning on doing YouTube, you know, you can uh, you can post videos all you want. There's nothing to stop you from doing that. It's it's a great uh, great thing we've got going with that. Mm-hmm. But if you are, are trying to gain some traction on YouTube. I, I hope that you enjoy the video making yeah. aspect. It's something mm-hmm. that I've had to learn over the past um, four or five years that I've been doing this. And, mm-hmm. and uh, looking back, I just thought, you know, I like this other stuff. I guess I can make a video about it. Hopefully it helps someone. Mm-hmm. And looking back on them while they're, I mean, a little bit embarrassing how, how poor the quality was, but YouTube in general has come yeah. an incredibly long way in that respect, I look at channels now that have 200, 300 subscribers and they're putting out, you know, high frame rate, 1080p mm-hmm. B-roll with background music and the works, everything you would expect mm-hmm. properly color graded. A lot of them better than me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, – I've said this before and, like, it's still – even though, like, you know, technically, like, the golden age of YouTube was, like, like the, the people that got involved in it in, like, 2010, 2011 and then rolled – they're the ones that, you yeah. know, like you see like their channels are really doing well, but I've had, I've had a couple of YouTubers I've talked to them and I've been like, is it too late to start right now? And they've always said no, because the thing is, even though, you know, you might be behind a little bit, like it's gaining so much faster now and the ability for people, you know, to have it everywhere with them more yeah. than that used to be. It's definitely not too late. So if you're out there and you're thinking like, I want to try something with YouTube, like just throw videos out there, like start uh there's a few different places you can look i mean you you don't have to have the fanciest stuff to put out decent videos if your content's good if your content's junk then you better have good quality because that's otherwise people aren't going to watch it (laughs) well i'll I'll quote and hopefully not extraneously because i don't know 100 percent off the top of my head but i think it was think media Mm -hmm. um who who was saying 
especially in this context, because there's so much out there that, uh, well, let's just say different is better than better. Mm -hmm, So if you've mm -hmm. got something that's different, you can catch people's eye, uh, regardless of the quality. Yep. There are a lot of people out there trying to do better. So, and, and you got to think about it too. a, A lot of people, even though phone technology has gotten better, most people do watch on their phones. So, like, sometimes when you're like, oh, my gosh, I got to make sure I nail this audio just right. You got to remember, they're going to be listening to it through phone speakers. Like, <laughs> not the best. It's always fun. It's I always laugh at, like, I watch uh, guitar demo stuff. As I'm watching it on a phone, and they tell people, like, now don't complain. Like, you know, if you're wanting to hear it good, put headphones in. And I'm always like, how could people complain while listening through a phone? Like, I don't think it sounded well. Well, of course it didn't sound well. It's a phone. <laughs> you know? <laughs> The thing's got to have one. I can't one. hear that upgrade you did. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't think I can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, uh, and you're also going to, yeah, you're listening through it to YouTube that compresses the font. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of science behind it. So a lot of it is more, you know, a lot of that stuff. So let's kind of get into the next, you know, it seems like lately you've kind of, you know, obviously you've still been doing the refinishing, you know, tutorials and kind of demos and showing you how you can do stuff, but you've also gotten into doing um, some kit guitars. How did that kind of come around? Well, I, I did, as I do with everything, I tested a few on the side. I, I thought to myself, you know, it would be cool. I like customizing these, but it would be cool to, you know, start a little earlier in the process and just go ahead and build the thing mm-hmm. um, because I'm one of those people that rather than – I want all my uh, my stuff, particularly my guitars, I want my stuff to be different yeah. than everyone else's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd rather do something like that and put a put some money into the upgrades rather than just buying the same fancy – you know, Gibson that everybody else has. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did a few of those and then I got lucky for me and it, it was luck. Uh, I got to the point where my channel had enough traction that I could kind of use that as a, a bit of a tool. So I reached out um, and you, you'll see likely that, that uh, most of my recent work on this kind of stuff has been through solo music gear. I reached out to them, a Canadian company okay. based out East and said, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to demo a few of your your kits, do a, do a couple builds. Mm-hmm. I'll put your links in the description. And, you know, you do this with a, a few companies and you can really kind of tell who is and is not confident in their product because occasionally you'll <laughs> get one that responds, yeah, we're okay with that, but you have to promise not to say anything bad about us, which I absolutely refuse to mm-hmm. agree to. Um, but these guys were 100% happy with that. They they sent me a couple right off the bat. And at this point, not only have they sent me, uh, I think, four or five of them, but I've got a, another few on the way. And uh, they've they've given away a few for me, which has been fantastic. So my, my subscribers have benefited from that as well. Hey, so they, they helped me kind of get into the door doing a few kits as part of my channel. And, and they were they were popular videos. When I did uh, the first set, so I figured I might as well continue. Cool. I think that's uh, yeah. I think I think definitely doing kits is definitely the next step for people that you know. You get into, you do a couple refinishes, you kind of start tearing guitars apart, and then the kits a great next step because you know a lot of it. Yeah, most kits come, and there's majority of them are kind of rough around the edges because they're a kit guitar. You know, they're designed to be finished out, and I think it's a great kind of next step if you're into building and you're kind of wanting to try it out because it's all there. So that's are you are the ones that you're finishing out? Are you are those like you're hanging on to himself? Are you like you know, I have a, I've talked to a few people that they do the kit guitars and then they custom them out and then they sell them. Or are you kind of like you know just hanging on to them for other demoing purposes and stuff? Well, the the ones that I've done so far, I'm I'm hanging on to for the moment. You know, in 
you can get kick guitars in a variety of uh, of qualities as mm-hmm. well. So the ones that I build, there's there's a lot of work to do on them, and that's kind of the idea. They're yeah. they're a little bit more on the inexpensive side. So I'm yeah. not going out and picking up a six hundred dollar kit to to make it into something that that can go for a couple thousand. You know, I'm yeah. I'm working on something that's got a little bit more uh, blood and sweat into it, so mm-hmm. to speak. So for now, I've been hanging on to them. My my intent as I go forward here is to auction a few of them off for charity. Cool. Um, and give a couple to – there's a – here in Edmonton, we've got kind of a really high-level uh, – I shouldn't say high-level um, – a well-known facility for uh, for kids for rehabilitation and, and a, a children's hospital. Okay. And I know that uh, there are some people in there for, we'll say, a prolonged term. So I'm I'm reaching out to them to see if if maybe they would benefit from a couple of these as well as opposed to just the funding. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, and then uh, on a go forward basis, I've actually started the um, started the wheels turning to uh, to purchase some blank bodies, and I'm going to be the the one thing that I will be selling kind of on a on a more short term or sooner basis is replacement bodies that you can fit. For example, and I know this is going to sound weird, but I got to pitch it to somebody <laughs> so you, that you can take your the neck off your Stratocaster and drop it right in uh, to a bolt-on like LP Junior custom yes. finished body to have a completely different instrument, mm-hmm. but still with that high quality neck that you had off your stock instrument before. I like that. I I'm a big fan of that. There's a couple. I've seen. There's a few builders out there that are doing uh, the like Les Paul Junior body with like. There's one guy that does a Les Paul Junior body with Telecaster everything, like neck awesome. pickups. Uh, it's actually Dylan Toxtone. He we interviewed him a couple months ago. Super cool guy. Uh, but yeah, I love that mix of like just trying stuff out. Uh, the like the YouTube channel Nick in the States just did a a cheapo Les Paul bolt on with a Telecaster neck, and he actually got he got, he had one of those uh, like those badass bridges. And he actually nice. got to intonate without changing anything else, which is kind of crazy because you thought, you know, the 24 and a half to the 25 or 25 and a half to 24 and three quarter shouldn't intonate that well. But he was able to get it to intonate with the Bigsby on it. But it's that cool. That is impressive. Yeah, it is. It's and confusing. <laughs> it is very confusing. He just had it. He just did a video on it. And I'm actually we're going to talk to him later next week. And I'm gonna ask him, how did you do that? Like, because that should not work. But I think that's cool because. There's that, you know, Fender kind of blew everyone's mind with, like, well, not, like, everyone thought they did with, like, the Parallel Universe where they kind of, you know, swap things around. And I love the fact that, like, there's nothing sacred in guitars. Like, you know, you like you like the Strat scale length, but you like the Les Paul body. Okay. Boom. You know. Why not, yeah. right? Yeah, why not? And be different. Because, again, everyone and their neighbor has seen a Strat body. Everyone and their neighbor has seen a Les Paul body. And everyone, every company makes copies of them. But, you know, if you kind of change it up a little bit, it's going to be something unique. So that would be cool. That would be something to look forward to. So you said you're still working on kind of all, like, in the prototype stage on that? Or is it kind of just working with a couple companies? Uh, yeah, it's, it's more um, that the the order has been put together at this point. Okay. The, the deal's been kind of arranged, but it's going to take a couple months for the uh, – for the bodies themselves to come in. I've got a variety of shapes coming in. And what I've done essentially is ordered them without anything 
pre-drilled for the bridges Ooh, okay. and without the neck pockets. So I can I can do the quality control on that myself, make mm. sure that the neck pocket is exactly what it needs to be, mm-hmm. and then put the bridge in. You know, no, nobody told me before I placed this order that apparently a Bigsby can magically intonate on a <laughs> on a Les Paul body with a Strat neck. Yeah, so, check uh, that. Uh, check that link out again. We're, we're talking to Nick. Yeah, it, and it, it's like, and it's all like copied stuff. Like it's some cheaper neck. I mean, he's that's kind of what he does too. He does weird uh, low line stuff. But yeah, it'll be that'll be cool. So is that going to have? Is that just for? Will, will that stuff ship internationally, or will that just stuff be in Canada? Well, none of it will be particularly – like there there won't be any dangerous goods or anything. So there's no reason why it won't be able to ship internationally. Okay. Um, Likely I will have something specific in place for shipping within North America. Okay. Yeah, that's And then uh, on a one-off – or not a one-off. On an individual basis, we'll have to sort out shipping uh, overseas Mm -hmm. because I know there are a few people that are likely – I, I won't say interested, but that do watch my stuff, particularly in the UK and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it would be a huge shame if I could only do Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's and it kind of it. And this day and age, especially in where kind of the global spectrum of with like social media and YouTube stuff, you shoot yourself in the foot when you're like, "Well, I can only do one country." Like, okay, <laughs> you know, we we yeah. actually even even this podcast has actually been pretty big. In other countries, and I always wonder. I'm like, how in the world? I don't know. But uh, so that'll be cool. So that will be available to ship, you know, especially North America for sure, which is good for us uh, Southern Americans. That's uh, <laughs> that'll, that'll work out well for us. But yeah, that'll be something. And I'm sure if you are interested in that kind of stuff, follow the YouTube. Do you have a Instagram? I know you have a Facebook group. That's how I kind of contacted you. Or I do have page. have an Instagram. Okay. Yeah, I I actually I would say. My Instagram's probably a little bit more active than my Facebook. Okay. Fairly similar though. It's just Brad for the Instagram. Okay. There will be links to all that stuff in the description. So if you're listening, you're like, "Hey, I want to check this guy out more and kind of see some of the finishes." I will say they're amazing, and you will definitely. It's like worse than watching demo videos for gas because you're looking at guitars you already have, and you're like, "I could buy sandpaper. I, I can. I, I can make that. I can try this." And it's a fun thing to do. I, it definitely, like I said, I would, if it's something you're looking to do, either A, start off with your cheaper guitar or go out and like, you know, buy the $50 like cheapo junk guitar on Marketplace and have at it. I know you have a, a guitar body that's been painted like a thousand times, I think, um, throughout <laughs> your videos. <laughs> I, I eventually had to change to a new one. Yeah, I uh, I had one that had probably gone through, I'd say, 80 or so finishes and it ended up being that uh, that rust finish, and I turned it into what I referred to as the grungiest guitar of all time. <laughs> so I've had to move on to a to a new test body. A new test body, but yeah, yeah. that's that's cool. I, mean, I think that's uh, it's, it's, that's really neat because it's funny because always see them like, oh, I know what that body is. That's not going to get finished out. <laughs> it's going to get sanded <laughs> back down. Is he going to polish it this time? Uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I was watching that. Well, it's because that. Oh, like I said, the last video that I'm basically in the idea of having to do is that nebula finish you did it's like a sparkle finish if you don't know that is definitely check out his instagram because he's got pictures of it on there or check the video out basically it's like a spacey finish and it looks super cool and you, you're able to pull it off with uh, spray cans which is encouraging to me who will probably try it in my backyard uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be it'll be glitter and dirt and that'll be the finish <laughs> Like what's that? It's Perfect. Like, but yeah, a couple I, bugs here and there, you know. Well, actually, I probably should wait. I have to wait anyway because now it's winter where where I, where I live, and uh, 
So there would be no more. The paint would take, you know, four years to set if I painted out there and then brought it inside to dry. <laughs> Where do you live again, Kyle? Um, I'm not in Illinois. And, um, I don't know if you guys have winter down there. We Well, I'm sure <laughs> comparatively, um, if people know you're from up in Canada, it's not the same winter. But we have already – we are technically, because there's still snow on the ground, we had a white Thanksgiving. So that oh, was wonderful. not fun, which for us does shouldn't happen. <laughs> but, yeah, so we, we have somewhat of a, of a winter. It'll get cold and it'll snow. I mean, like I think last year it didn't stop snowing until like late March or – actually, I think we had one snow in April, which is very weird for us. Normally wow. we're done by then. Yeah, it was a weird, like stupid winter that never ended. It was really great. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm sure – my scale of quote unquote winter is nothing compared to what uh, you guys have up there. How far up into Canada are you? Uh, on on what basis? <laughs> I'd well, say about about halfway up up uh, Alberta. Okay. So we've we've got the provinces, and then right on top. Um, and I know, or at least I've heard, you Americans love your Canadian geography. So right on top, we've got the territories. Uh, and I'm I'm about halfway up the the provinces region, so I'm not quite. We'll say Alaska is is directly in line with the territories. I'm okay. about halfway between the top of the the main body of the United States and the uh, most southern point um, in the main Alaska region. Okay. Okay. I and as you make fun of us Americans, not knowing geography, I'm on Google Maps trying to figure out where that's at. So I'm a hundred percent. But like I know where Alberta is, but I'm like it's. The problem is, and it's because our states are much smaller, so it's like when you say a state, it pretty much narrows it down to like, okay, that's kind of in that area. Your all oh, states yeah. are like ginormous, so you're like, oh, you're in that state. You're like, that state's the size of Texas. Like, <laughs> yeah, that has not that has not <laughs> we, eliminated we a any of, options. A lot of latitude on those ones for sure. Yeah, you're like, how big is that? But yeah, I think that's, uh, but that's cool. So yeah, you guys are probably already. I'm assuming in the thick of all the fun in the winter. Up in that part of the we've, world. we've had an interesting year we had uh we had a couple substantial snowfalls at the beginning of october but right now uh it's mostly confined to the grass it kind of melted a little bit we've got canada's piddly little version of the uh the super bowl this weekend so i think they're hoping that it won't snow again until afterward Ooh. <laughs> yes was that like yeah. the gray ball or gray bowl or something like that the gray cup gray yeah, cup that's it in my in my town this year so Ooh. i can look out my uh my office window and see the festivities if you will that's exciting that is but uh so that's so that yeah you guys definitely have much more of a of a harsh winter than what we have down here it's like uh when i was younger i was watching my now wife and i were dating at the time and we were watching alaska state troopers and we had this like stupid idea we're like what we should move to alaska and then we watched another episode i'm like dude it's winter like all the time up there like no we're we're way too like <laughs> we're well, way too- we get two seasons here we get uh winter and then construction where they try and fix all the damage to the roads from the winter yeah we have i mean our roads around here because in the midwest we have all seasons so like we have a very definite well not again relatively speaking a definite winter and then we have like in the summer it gets you know like 95 and 100 percent humidity so it's like because of all of the of like we basically have all the weather it yeah it does aren't our, our roads around here are absolutely garbage it's like oh goody like this like you do you drive a small car yes well that pothole will swallow you oh thank you yeah. <laughs> but yeah well brad um thanks um we're kind of as we're kind of getting to wrapping things up here again, um, social, all the social media links will be in the description. Uh, if you want to, like I said, check out your Facebook, any hints or check out the YouTube channel, excuse me, 
Um, any hints on your next video? I know you just, you just dropped one today where you were putting in a new wiring harness. Um, was that something kind of a company reached out to you or was that, you know, you went and purchased, purchased it and then put it in? Yeah, actually that was, uh, that's a company obsidian wire a company okay. in New Zealand, mm-hmm. um, reached out to me and said, Hey, we see you're doing some interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's clearly pretty custom. We think maybe this would be a good fit. How do you feel about trying it out? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they showed me a picture of it and I thought, wow, how did you even manage to make that? I will definitely give mm-hmm. that a shot. So there are, there are a few of those, uh, those companies around that, that make similar, similar items. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of 50-50 with them reaching out to me or vice versa, depending on, on what's coming up. As far as the, the next video, I, I'm not sure exactly which one I have uh, slated to come live next, but that particular kit is going to be obviously the subject of a series, and we're going to be doing something very unusual on it. It's not going to be just a paint job. I'm actually going to uh, to change a lot of <laughs> what it's made of. So oh. that, that should be fun. We'll be working on that in the near future here. Um, it's going to take some some tools that you might not have laying around in your garage, but I think a lot of the concepts will apply, and, and all in all, it should be a very interesting watch, I hope. That'll be cool. Yeah, that'll be very cool. I know I've seen on your Instagram, you've been kind of leaking some pictures of you're rebuilding a pickguard for a guitar that like had a cave in or something on that out of an, an uh, again, a not uh, normal uh, material for a pickguard. And that looks pretty cool. Is that something that's coming up in a video as well? Yeah, that'll be coming along as well. A viewer of mine had uh, an unfortunate shipping incident and thought he, he liked kind of those retro looks. So he, he figured he could get a new set of guards and we're going to have, rather than try and fill and sand and repair that damage, we're just going to change the thing up entirely and, and uh, make it out of metal. Cool. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Do you do? Um, kind of. Lastly, do you do a lot of like the custom work where people send you stuff, or is that just like you have buddies and when they have issues, they send you like they send you projects, or do you kind of have people reach out to you as customers to re- to to do some of these refinishing jobs that you've had? So to this point, I've I haven't repainted a, a guitar for a, a friend in probably. Uh, nine years or so, <clears throat> but I, I don't really advertise the the commission work so much. Okay. I just if someone reaches out to me, I'm happy to do it. So when I do commission work, and, and there have certainly been a few of them um, over the course of the time that I've been on YouTube, it, it's typically from or it's it's exclusively from from viewers essentially, and most of which are are from various parts of the uh, the states. Um, that being said, I, I mean, I get a lot of inquiries that I don't end up working on because it's there are a few really good custom guitar painters in various parts of the states, and, and you can uh, you can avoid having to ship it over the border to me and back, and that's that's generally a pretty substantial expense. So if it's yeah. something where someone doesn't have anyone anybody near them, or it's something that uh, that fits into my wheelhouse pretty specifically, mm-hmm. then happy to do it, and I, I have for quite a few people, but. Cool. At the same time, if I can send you to somebody that's going to be able to save you $200 worth of shipping, I'm, I'm going to do that every time. Yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's probably a good deal. Uh, and I mean, yeah. there's probably quite a few. It's, again, something that as a guitar player, you might not know that there's a lot out there. You know, I mean, I knew obviously people did refinishing, but I didn't know this, you know, how much was out there until I kind of got into it and then realized, like, oh, there's a lot of people that like do this kind of stuff. So yeah, if it's something you're interested in, might not necessarily be like, hey, I'm gonna send it to Brad. It might be you might know somebody you can send it to and kind of direct a customer that way. 
if it's yep, something like that. So definitely. That's cool. As you've probably seen, I'm, I'm happy to respond to, to questions, yes. hoping that people will be able to do these things themselves. But mm-hmm. if they can't, then there, there's always somebody who can do it. Yeah, that's true. There's always somebody. So again, if you're can't figure it out, let them know. You can always be, cause I said, like I was, I was able to, when I kind of asked about doing the podcast, it was super, super fast to get back at that. Like I said, some people are like, huh, what's the podcast? I'm like, it's like radio, but anyway, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, Brad, uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Um, again, all the links will be in the description. So make sure to check that out. Um, even if you don't, you don't think you're ever going to finish a, a guitar. Seriously. They're these, like the, these, some of these projects are gorgeous and it's like, you did that with what? Like, how did you, you know, and there's stuff that's accessible, you know, there's stuff from super high end finishes that like, I'm not even going to attempt to stuff. That's like, I think I could try that. And the advantage is, and I've, I've learned this before from somebody else is especially on solid body guitars. It's a piece of wood. If you do something bad with it, you can always fix it. You know, like unless you like cut it in half, other than cutting it in half, <laughs> ah, get some glue. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, you can get some glue. So it's like, I had um, it's another it's a YouTube channel. The guy does a bunch of rest- restoration stuff on like guitars that have, like gotten run over by cars. Some of them, and wow. he made the point of like even on some of these. And he was working on this like 1918 Gibson, I think at the time. And he goes, "This is wood and glue. Like, put wood and glue back into it, and it's going to be okay." And I'm like, "That's such a good point because I think sometimes, you know, even on my own stuff, I've gotten worried. Like, oh no, like what if it, you know, what happens if something bad happens? It's like you fix it, or you know." If I've realized I've screwed it up too much, I take it to somebody that actually knows what they're doing and hasn't just been trained by YouTube University. <laughs> but don't experiment on something that you uh you can't afford. Yeah, that <laughs> but, is very uh, true. <laughs> aside from that, it's pretty much everything can be fixed. So yeah. it's you know, watch a few videos and don't get intimidated. Yep. That that would be my advice on it. Yeah, that's that is that is very true and it's something you can always try. So again, if you have questions about anything, shoot me a message. He'll, you know, try and get back with you as soon as he can. Again, between job, YouTube, editing, all that fun stuff. Not a lot, a lot of time, but uh, there's always a little bit of time out there. So, again, thanks, Brad, for coming on. Thanks for uh, having me. This is Bibson the Ginger Podcast. You guys know how we finish these things. I don't know why I'm still talking. Bye.